0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message from our special guest minister. Thanks for tuning in today.
1: Hallelujah! Bless the Lord! The Lord is good, hallelujah! You may be seated, bless the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Mother's Day. I'm, fo- I'm sorry for all of you men. It is one of the greatest blessings in life to be a mother. And I am the mother of four. You know one of them. Maybe you know more than one. Uh, we have, uh, my husband and I have four children, two girls, two boys. And... Um, I'm gonna get lots of rewards for being Chip's mom. (laughs) Yeah, you know they're all great. They're all great. They're all in the ministry. All four of them. Chip pastors our church in Collinsville. My other son is our general manager. Uh, Hannah's mother is um, our prayer leader. And then my daughter, Shelley, maybe you see her on the program with me, Prophetic Witness. We have a television program that's on Victory Channel and on God Channel and on lots of places. And uh, Hannah, come up here just a jiffy. Uh, <clears throat> this is, I have, we have, my husband, he's moved to heaven. He moved off and left me. And uh, we have uh, ten grandchildren, five girls, five boys. I knew just how to do things. Two girls, two boys, four children, five boys, five. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, something's happened on my great-grandchildren though it's way overpowered by women bless the Lord I have eight great-grandchildren bless the Lord um, Hannah uh, you want to say just a few words what, what's, your, what's your Hannah's in the ministry and she has her own television program on the PTL channel called uh, Raise Your Voice and so what is your, what's your heart for your generation
2: uh, yeah just you know with Mimi you're always instant in and out of season praise God No, uh, yeah, I'm just thankful to be here. Um, My heart is every generation, I believe. Um, You know, uh, Malachi 4, it says that God is restoring the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the children back to the fathers. And I believe that before Jesus comes back again, that every generation is restored, uh, that we work together. You know, Mimi being here, I know if she didn't encourage me, You know, just like a little girl, the little girl that was on the stage. You know, if you encourage each person, regardless of their age and the gift that they have, so we can run together, you know, this last race. Because, like, if you were here this morning, Jesus is coming back. And we cannot wait 20, 10 years. We have to do what God's calling us today. So that's my heart is that every generation that we work together and we honor each other. And so Hannah, uh,
1: on her uh, television program, she gets uh, older saints. She's been praying with older saints since she's a little bitty girl, and um, then she'll have like Heidi Baker. She works with Heidi Baker. She goes to Mozambique with Heidi, and she's a prayer partner with Heidi. If you know Heidi, but she gets older people to come on that program, and she believes we can all learn together. I do too. I don't believe in separating. You know, I don't believe in it. So anyway, um, this is Hannah, and she's one of uh, ten. And uh, her brothers in the ministry, both of them, and and Kylie, maybe you know her, my granddaughter. Anyway, down the line, they're they're in the ministry. Bless Amen. the Lord. So we're thankful to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then I have spiritual children, and your pastors are two of my spiritual children. Woo-hoo. And I told him this morning, you turned out all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, we were just talking in the back room about those early days and how excited we all were. And, yeah, we were. and uh, Vicky and, oh my goodness, so many things together. And then um, they have gone with me in a lot of my ministry adventures. My life is a, is a series of adventures for God. Um, I sought the Lord one time. I worked for Brother Kenneth E. Hagen. He laid hands on me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit back in the charismatic move, 1967. Then I came to work for him in 1970, and I was his editor of publications. The Lord had told him the best way to spread the Gospels, the printed word, take your your teachings and put them into print. So some of the books you read, I got to edit those, and it was my education in God. Bless the Lord. And uh, then one day I was seeking the Lord because I'd been called to go out and preach as a, as a little bitty kid. I knew I was supposed to preach. And, but then my denomination didn't believe in women preachers. So uh, one day after I went to work for Brother Hagen, and I was sitting there, one of the first things he did was teach the woman question. And that was the book I got to do. Oh, my goodness. And I sat there over my typewriter and I cried. I said, you mean I get to do what you call me to do and I won't get in trouble at the judgment seat of Christ? (laughs) And then I heard this voice, a presence came in the room. I don't know if it was Jesus or an angel. And he said, yes, you will. One day you're going to leave from here. One day you're going to go out in your own ministry. But he said, right now you don't know anything. And this is your Bible school. I've been born again 20-some years, but my Bible school was Kenneth Hagin's ministry before we even had Rhema. I went to work for him before we had Rhema. And so it was a wonderful way to grow up. And then when he, the Lord spoke to him and spoke to me, it was time for me to go out in ministry. So I sought God. Exactly what is this ministry? He told me about the offices that I stood in, in the fivefold. But then he gave me this, what he said to Paul. Arise, for I have appeared unto you for this purpose to appoint you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of those things in which I will appear unto you. So he has let me go all over this world and watch in time events. I got to watch the Soviet Union. How it was. In fact, the first place I went in ministry, 1918, when I uh, 1980, when I left, brother. Hag-
0: <laughs> well,
1: you know, I'm a sign and a wonder. Yeah. So, it went out. I went first of all to Soviet Russia, and Soviet Russia was socialist. That's right. It never works. Right. I cannot believe that people have forgotten what socialism is like. No. It means those at the top rule everybody else, and everybody's equal. You don't have anything. It was the most terrible place you ever could imagine, was Soviet Russia. And so we started going in 1980. We went at least once a year, and we went all through until the wall fell in 1991, and even have gone back with Rick Renner since. But your your pastors went with us, and... uh, It was was on one of those trips that I would almost like to kill Michael Bang. (laughs) We had to wash off all of our makeup. I call it suffering for Jesus. We went in from the only. We went in with with uh, Finns, Finnish people. And we went in across the border because Finland was the only open border then. But even then you had to go at the border and you had to go through hours and hours of them going through all your things. Heaven help you if you had a Bible. And uh, because in the socialism, they, we don't honor God. Nobody can have Bibles, da, da, da. So uh, it was terrible, absolutely terrible. So we went in and we had contacts with the underground church. Um, if you will show that picture that has the group of people, not that one, that one. So that's an underground pastor. Uh, his name was Pavo, Russian Paul, we called him. That's his little girl. And then 007, you see 007 on there, the black-haired guy in the front? We called him 007. He was a businessman, and because of his business connections, he built things inside Russia, um, kitchens. In hotels that they wanted to impress the West, and then that's my husband in the background there. And uh, I had had to beg him to go with me on that trip. And when they when he got to the border, when you go over into Russia from Finland, they did a strip search on him.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the rest of his life, he always talked about that trip. It was really it was really something. But like we were going to go to Pablo's house, once um, he had a press that he could take apart. And they'd gotten hold of that and they asked us to bring in ink for the underground press. And um, so we did things like that. And uh, we had to do that at night because we went in as tourists. And so they would take us around in little buses in the daytime and you would do a tour. But you're under the eyes of the KGB all the time you're there. The KGB guide is your guide. She speaks perfect English. She's at the front of the bus, and right in the front seat is Michael Bang. And Michael Bang takes it upon himself to give her the entire plan of salvation through the day. <laughs> We're trying to not let them know we came in as Christians. I
0: must, I must be about my father's well, I don't
1: know. <laughs> you could have had a jail ministry easily, a dungeon ministry. I could have chortled him, I'm telling you. But I know her name was either Tanya or Tatiana, I can't remember. And finally, after he'd given her Jesus on the cross, everything! She said, Well, I don't think it's fair that one man would have to bear everybody's sins. I remember her saying that. But probably, Michael, she's thought about it through the years. And uh, I forgive you. <laughs> I still don't think it was wise because we had other things to do, but praise the Lord. And uh, so i uh, show the picture, the big picture, yeah, there he is. There's uh, Russia Paul and there's me with no makeup, Had to pretend we came from Finland, big deal. So anyway, uh, now let's have the one of the Lenin. The, you see those windows at the top? This, I'm talking, this is a huge, huge buildings. And he's huge, bigger than life, and he's everywhere. Really, they've even got him like in a tomb there, and 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 waxed and it's like he was a god, you know. So uh, they're not godless; they just have idols. And we don't want socialism. I don't care how they come and tell you at your high school and your college, everybody can have everything for free. You can't do it. So bless the Lord. Throw this in extra. Uh, I teach a lot on an awakening and how that we were born out of an awakening. And when the pilgrims first came over here, they practiced almost like a commune living, and it didn't work, and the crops didn't come in. And so then they saw in the Bible where it says, "You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's this." And they said, "Hey, the neighbor had something that belonged to him." And they started then having possession, individual possession of lands and farming their own little plot and it prospered. Amen. Bless the Lord. So they saw that socialism was not the way even of the Bible. Bless the Lord. Thrown in extra, hallelujah. Amen. Now, um, the underground church, show that picture of the underground people. There they are, the underground people. That's how it was in That's the underground that. churches. If you, uh, if you took someone under 25 years of age to church you had to go to jail for 25 years if you were a pastor. So, uh, and, and you were head of a congregation where they were. They didn't want the young people knowing anything about that. So you can already see how things are happening in our country where they don't want you to know about God. They don't want to have prayer in the school. They don't want to have this and that. So praise the Lord. God is God. Amen. Bogus bogus, You know what that means. Bless the Lord. Now, Uh, Of course, they were involved in going. Your pastors were involved in going with me, witnessing in Russia. I saw the whole thing. I I saw the whole thing fall. God told us it was going to fall. And uh, it's a long, prophetic, wonderful life. And then also Israel. When my husband passed away, he passed away at 49, but we had gotten married really young. Everybody tried to talk us out of it, but we didn't pay attention. And uh, we got married young. We had children really fast. And thank God because he, we were married almost 30 years when he left. And uh, the children were grown and through school and through college even. And now they've all helped me. So it just turned out to be great. Bless the Lord. But, um, and so then uh, when he passed away, I sought the Lord what to do. And he said, I want you to go to Israel and study Hebrew in the land. I'm going to place you close to the Jews, so close they can know your love and see your power. So I went and studied in the number one Hebrew language school in Russia. Excuse me. She was from Russia, actually. And it was in Israel under a lady named Shulamit Katznelson. And her family was involved all in the bringing in of Israel. Her uncle was the second president. Her brother, when I was there, was the... Um, like our attorney general, minister of justice. And so through her, I met the leadership of Israel, and God has just placed me so close to them. And if you would watch, I, I take tours all the time. We have land in Israel. We're building a school there. And praise God, we're really going now. Uh, we have three acres on the Sea of Galilee. And uh, it's It's beautiful. And so God has really blessed us. And uh, we have an online school, 3BI, Billy Brim Bible Institute. And uh, I suggest you take it. It's wonderful. God told us to do it. He told me to do it. And so we bring in a group out at Prayer Mountain in the Ozarks. We have Prayer Mountain in the Ozarks, 300 acres, where we have a prayer ministry, cabins to pray in and... We have a noontime prayer. Any of you pray with us at noontime on Wednesdays? WWPs are in the house. Worldwide prayers. Bless the Lord. You going to be on the 3 o'clock prayer call today? Bless the Lord, yeah. We have a 1,000 people that join our prayer calls. And, uh, oh, God is doing so many supernatural things, guys. Amen. It started. We're not having to wait. It started. Wonderful things are happening. Ministry of the gifts of the Spirit. Whoa, and God's speaking to us. So anyway, in Israel, um, just to show you how involved they are, Vicki Bang brought me a dress, a beautiful dress. And I got off the plane wearing it, and Shulamit, who was this lady, the head of the school, she was nominated for the Nobel twice. And uh, really, and she said, I want that dress. And I said, okay. And she said, you can have one of mine. She took me to her house. I picked out a dress. She said, you would put that, pick that one. I paid $1,500 for that in Paris. <laughs> I said, well, I don't know. And so anyway, we, we went into covenant with each other. And you don't have to do that. We're in covenant with Jesus. But I did that with her because she wanted to. And uh, we exchanged clothes. That's what they did in old covenant time. You would exchange your garment. And so she took the dress Vicki gave me and I took her dress And uh, she was asked, the United Nations, United States representative to the United Nations at that time was Jean Kirkpatrick. And Jean Kirkpatrick, a woman, was coming to Israel to make a a state visit. So they pulled out, you know, all the red carpets and Shulamit was asked to accompany her. And she wore, to the big shindig, she wore the dress that Vicki had bought for me. And so here is a painting that an artist made of uh, Shulamit and me. And Shulamit is wearing that dress. You remember that, Vicki? Yeah. It was like liquid fabric. It, it was, that, that was the most beautiful fabric. It, I haven't even ever seen anything else like it. And so it, 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 it was designed by God to get her eye. Hallelujah. And she wore it. So that's just to let you know how your parents, your parents, uh, in a way your spiritual parents, uh, Forty years is a number of testing. Forty is the number of testing. And I told them, William, pass the test. Bless the Lord. You're still here. Uh, glory to God. So um, I'm going to talk to you today about the time we live in. And I'm going to talk to you about the future. Because we're here. We're here. This is it. Tonight I will announce the day and the hour. <laughs> I know the day, but I don't know just which one it'll be, but I know the moed on the calendar. And uh, God works by moeds. Oh, he's so intricate. He has such plans. One of them is for your life. It's called your Derek. Maybe tonight we'll talk about where that ends. He has a plan just for you, and he wants you on it right now. And your life plan fits in his plan, his overall plan. So the younger you discover it, the better. Bless the Lord. Amen. We're going to talk about where we are in time. She has, Hannah has two brothers, older. Hannah was a uh, small college All-American basketball, led her team to two Uh, national championships, and she looks really sweet, but I'm telling you right now, her brothers didn't tangle with her, and uh, oh, I'll tell this one little funny story. I don't have a whole lot of time, but she used to wear those little cupcake dresses, you know, and she went to Sunday school, and she learned a little new song, and she was going to sing it for me. And so she started singing. And she has this brother, Brandon, who's now a preacher. Do any of you all know him yeah. in California? He was acting crazy. He's down on the floor making fun of her, am, 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 going back and forth. She's singing her little song. She says, just a minute. She beats him up, pummels him to the ground, <laughs> and then she goes back. <laughs> And she has this other brother, Jared. Maybe you've seen him uh, on um, our noontime. And by the way, we're on television. And uh, we have called The Prophetic Witness. We're on the Victory Channel. We're on the God Channel. We're on several other places. And I want to invite you to watch Hannah, her mother, myself, and your Aunt Shelley. We did uh, a panel, kind of a talking thing, because Hannah's one of her little friends who knows God was about to get mixed up in the occult. And so we talked on, that, on those programs about how you judge, because we're going to see angels. How do you judge if that came from God? What do you do? And so that's going to be August, right? That's August. So you'll want to watch in August to see that. And you'll see her... Uh, Her mom there, her mother sees. Her mother said, if I tell how many angels I see, people think I'm crazy. She sees into that realm. But bless the Lord. Jared, her other brother, when he was little, he could ask a jillion questions. And his aunt Shelly was driving him and some others to a basketball game. And he'd just been chirping question after question after question. Shelly's getting tired. I mean, it was in another town. And we live in Branson. We have Branson Christmas. It was around Christmas time. We have lights everywhere. Silver Dollar City Christmas, Branson Christmas, Ozark Christmas is famous. He said, Aunt Shelley, just how many, if you would guess, how many lights do you think we have, Christmas lights in Branson? She said, Jared, I don't know and don't ask me any more questions. He said, oh, Aunt Shelley, I just had one more. All right, what is it? He said, what do you think about those black holes in space? (laughs) She said, Jared, shut up. So, Jared, I was in Australia. I've been to Australia 10 times because a great move of God is coming there, prophesied by Wigglesworth. Hannah's been with me. So, uh, but my first trip to Australia, I called my daughter's house and Jared answered the phone. I thought, aha, I'm going to fix Brenda. He'll be asking her a million questions. I said, "Uh, Jared, this is Mimi. I'm calling from tomorrow. I said, don't be concerned about yesterday, it turned out all right. Where's your mother? And so on that trip back, which was my first one, you can actually leave Sydney because of the time thing, and you can arrive in uh, LAX, be- Los Angeles, before you left Sydney, time wise. So we passed the international dateline on that trip, and they. Uh, captain came on and he said we've just passed the international dateline and I heard a voice really strong and it said time God invented time precisely scientifically he measured out a piece of eternity and called it time every passing second marks off time until the end of time and its usefulness to God. If it had not been for the fall, there would have been no need for time. It's for his dealings with man and settling the sin issue and getting man ready for eternity. What time is it? Because along the time Along the timeline, things are happening. There are ages and dispensations. And we live in quite a special time. Now, Earth, I believe, is billions of years old. However long true science says it has to be. And I talk about this in my book, The Blood and the Glory. And also, in our first, one of our first classes... Uh, on the 3BI is Bereshit, in the beginning, and we talk about the pre-Adamic civilization, where dinosaurs came from, all that jazz. But, however, or I think they're saying now it's about 15 billion years old. But man, as we know man, has only been here 6,000 years. And, you know, there is the written word of God which Moses received, but there is also the oral word the oral law, and in it he was given a timeline for man. It's in the Talmud, uh, Sanhedrin 97b. And this is a chart, if you'll put that chart up, of that timeline that he was given. He was told that God gave man, Adam, a six-day work week to see what he could do with earth. And then, like God worked six days there would be a seventh day of rest. Now on God's timeline, we're told in Psalm 90 and 2 Peter that a thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years. So since Adam, it's been 6,000 years. Adam, Adam came, and then there were six days. They are divided into three parts. The first two are called the days of chaos there was no written word. Then Moses, Sinai, the written word came, the Torah, and there are two days of Torah, or the law. Then at the end of day four, Messiah was to come. That was predicted. Now, in the Talmud, there's a footnote, he did not come because we were not ready. But we as Christians know he came. And he came right on time, he came at the Moed, And so the last two days are what you might call the church age or the day of the Messiah. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, it was the beginning of the end of days. And now we are at the end of the end of days. I don't care what you've heard, that things are going to last another thousands of years and what all this and that. It's not the truth. We are at this end and we're almost about to go into another age. Hallelujah. And I'm going to read you a prophecy that Brother Hagin gave. Uh, bless the Lord. The end of the age is coming upon this generation. The powers of darkness, the forces of evil, are rampant as never before. And they will be increased in intensity and velocity. And even many Christians will see and look and say, oh, there's no use. Throw up their hands in futility and say, well, I guess it's all over. We'll just have to hold on and pray for Jesus to come because the devil is about to take everything over. But thus saith the Lord, in this day I'm searching the body of Christ to enlist soldiers. I'll raise up a new band. I'll raise up a new army who will know how to pray against the powers of darkness. That's the authority of the believer. And more and more of you are learning how to do it. And light will dispel the darkness, the truth will set men free, prayer will break the bonds that bind men's minds, spirits, and bodies. We're going to have a great move of God, and tonight I'm going to talk about that, some of the things that you have uh, in your uh, future. I'm going to talk about the rapture tonight biblically, because God doesn't want you ignorant of it, and a lot of crazy things are going around about it. But we're going to go to the Word of God and prove it very, very clearly. We're going to talk about an upcoming war that probably is on the horizon. We're going to talk about a great supernatural move of God. Bless the Lord. We're going to talk about. Now, in in order to know, because there's lots of error out there, And all error on this subject is caused by one thing, 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is the word of truth. But it has to be rightly divided. If you can rightly divide it, you can wrongly divide it. And all error, especially on end-time teaching, is caused by a wrong division of the Word of God. One of the main things you have to understand to rightly divide the Word is this. When you're reading a scripture, read it in context and find out to whom is he speaking It will tell you at the front of that thing who he's talking to, what he's talking about. So when you come to a scripture, you, you have to... He could be speaking in the scriptures to like just Judas, one man. But mostly he will be addressing something that applies to one of three groups of peoples. There are three. We find those three in 1 Corinthians 10, 32. In the New Testament, In the letters to the church, God says, Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Three groups of peoples. Jews, Gentiles, church. In the Old Testament, there were just two. The Jews and the Gentiles. Everybody who wasn't a Jew. Just the Jews had a covenant with God. And the others were called, actually the Hebrew word is goyim, which means nations, the Jews and the nations. Now, when you come to the new covenant, when you come to the letters, all the Bibles for the church, but not all the Bibles about the church, what's about the church is the New Testament letters. They tell you who you are, what you have, where you're going. Really, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John don't do that much. The one who God, the one that God revealed to his plan for the church was the Apostle Paul. He went away 17 years, we know from Galatians, the first part of it, and God gave him a revelation. Just in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know Jesus came, you know he died, but you don't know why. You don't know that he died to defeat all the works of the devil. You don't know that when he came up out of that grave, Ephesians chapter 1, he came up the head over a body. There's nothing about the body of Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But in Ephesians, we find out that when he quickened the head, he quickened the body right up out of hell. Hallelujah. When he raised the head, he raised the body. When he seated the head, he seated the body right at the right hand of God. And that's where you sit. You're not a Jew. You're not a goy. Jo- a, a You're not a Gentile. You're not... You, you used to be one or the other. But when you got born again, any Jew, any Gentile can accept the Lord Jesus Christ and that he died on the cross and God raised him from the sin. And that instant the Holy Ghost kills you. Yes. Deader than a doornail, your old man. And you are born again of the seed of God. And you are a brand new creature who never existed before. Wow. You might have been, and you would have been at one time. How many of you are at one time Gentiles? How many of you were at one time Jews? Anybody born in here, in here born Jewish? But you're not that anymore. You're in the third group. You're a brand new species. All things have become new. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner. You got saved by grace, and now you have the life and God in you, and you're a brand new creature. Hallelujah. 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 Devils run from you. You have authority over the devil. He has to do what you say. And the trouble with a weak church is they don't know who they are. Bless the Lord. But oh, brother, we find finding out.
0: Hallelujah.
1: I sit in my seat of authority every day and tell the devil what he can and cannot do in my territory. Amen.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. I have a little book out there, How the Authority of the Believer and How to Use It. Or a book by Macmillan. It's of utmost importance that we know how to use our authority in these days. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about. Tonight, Really what your future is. Well, we'll talk a little bit right now that God isn't through with the Jews. So turn to Jeremiah chapter 31 and 35. You'd be very blessed if you would read Jeremiah 30 and 31 and you would find out God's plan for the Jews. It's in those two chapters. But we're just going to read right now. Well, we'll start with uh, chapter 30, verse 2. Lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. He scattered them. They've been scattered for thousands of years, but now they've come home they have one of the leading nations on the face of the earth because the prophets prophesied it would happen. And look at the end of chapter 31. How long is there going to be a nation of Israel on the earth? Verse 35, For thus saith the Lord, which gives the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and the stars for a light by night, who divides the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances, the sun, the moon, and the stars, depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. That means as long as you can see the sun, as long as you can see the moon, as long as you can see the stars, there's going to be a nation on the earth, Israel. Now, I better get another one of your sacred cows. When we go into that seventh day, It's not just a matter of heaven and hell. There's another place that the Bible's full of information about. Earth. On this earth, there's going to be a kingdom. Jesus Christ at the head of it. And David under him. And it's going to be headed up by the Jews. Not the Jews who got born again. The Jews who didn't. And it's going to be headed up. I, I had scriptures down here for you. We don't have time to read them. But you can read the second uh, verse of Isaiah. You can read, um, oh, bless the Lord, Isaiah 2, 1 through 4, Isaiah 65, Isaiah sixty six twenty two, And you're going to find out that during that millennial age, during that seventh day, There's going to be nations involved. There will be a judgment of the nations. And we might even get to that tonight. When Jesus comes and he says, the sheep nations, you go into the millennium. The goat nations, you're never going to be heard of again. And what is the criteria? How they treated the Jews during the tribulation time. Whether they're a sheep nation or a goat nation. And so, but you, oh hallelujah, you're not going to be... Don't, I don't care what preacher preached to you that you could end up in the goat pile. You're not ending up in the goat pile if you're a born-again Christian. Because when he comes in the air, you're going to get a body like him his glorious body. Woo! And we're going to talk about that tonight. And we're going to look at exact scriptures which tell you that is so. So you'll be solid in your information. God said, I don't want you ignorant about these things. But people are very ignorant. Bless the Lord. Now I want you to turn with me to Matthew 24. How many of you brought real Bibles? Uh, Don't you just love them? Bless the Lord. I know you can have another kind. I have other kinds too, but I like this kind here. Matthew chapter 24. So people are always saying, when? Like he said tonight, going to announce the day and the hour. When? When do you think, Billy? How much more time do you think we've got? If I were here a week, I could give you a pretty close estimate. But I'm not going to be here a week. But I'm going to tell you some signs and tell you some things, marvelous things that are going to happen. For one thing, don't you ever dare be afraid of anything. And don't you be running around talking like the devil. Amen. The devil's taking over everything, taking over America. Oh, no, he's not. Bless the Lord.
0: Amen.
1: That's another subject. Bless the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus was about to go to the cross, and he's out with his disciples, his 12 apostles. And they are at the Temple Mount. Now, the Temple Mount is Mount Moriah, and it's here. All around about it, you know how the Bible says the mountains sound around Jerusalem as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about His people. And there's mountains all around it, like in a circle higher than the Temple Mount. And on the Temple Mount, that's where the first temple, Solomon's Temple was. And then they built the second temple. It wasn't as good as the first one. So it was rebuilt by Herod, a very evil man. He's the one that killed all the boy babies. But he was an evil genius. And in a 34-year project, he rebuilt the temple. We take people to Jerusalem, we go down underground, and there's a stone down in the foundation stones. We'll have somebody go over to the end of the stone over here. We'll have a man go over there, and we'll have him go over here. And uh, you could put up a, a tank, a Merkava tank, an Israeli tank in the length of it. It's huge. Yeah, it's massive. I mean, today, I wonder how they did it. And imagine back then, So that's the 12. They've come with Jesus. Chapter 24, Matthew 1, verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. They're going to say, boy, look at these stones. And Jesus said unto them, see ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down." He's, just, he's saying that that second temple is going to be destroyed. It's about the year 30. In 40 more years, time of testing, Titus, or Titus, the Roman, came and destroyed that temple. So he prophesied it. Now, this tells us something, verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, And they've got three questions. Number one, tell us when shall these things be? When is this temple going to be destroyed? Number two, tell us what shall be the sign of thy coming? And that word is parousia in the Greek. And it was always used to mean the coming of a king or an emperor. So these Jewish boys are asking him, when are you going to come and set up the kingdom? Surely if the temple's coming down, you're going to set it up, run Rome out. And you're going to set up the kingdom. And number three, what well, shall be the end of the age? So when they get out to the Mount of Olives, they ask him these things. They've walked from Moriah. The, they've walked down through the Kidron Valley. They've gotten up to the temple, uh, Mount of Olives, and they ask him these things. Now we're going to read some of the answers. We're going to read it. And another gospel writer, Luke chapter 21. If you'll turn there with me. Verse 14, Luke 21, 14. Well, in verse 20, he tells them Jerusalem is going to be surrounded with armies. And it was. Titus surrounded in a big siege. And he's going to tell them that terrible things are going to happen. I could tell you a story. Don't have time, but I'll take it. Woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. There shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon these people. And he told them in verse 21, Let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and them which are in the midst of it depart out, get out of town. But they didn't obey. And the false prophets said, Come, come to Jerusalem. The temple won't be destroyed. And so people came from all around. And a very wealthy woman came in. And, of course, it was the pattern of the Romans to put a siege around until they starved you out. And so they put a big siege around. She had come in. She's wealthy. She's got food. So they know she's got a food supply. But then everyone runs out. And she runs out. Now, how do we know about her, Josephus? Josephus, who lived at the time, Josephus, the great historian, he wrote about her, and uh, everybody's out of food, they're starving, millions died, and they smell meat at her house, and they go there, you've been holding out, you've been holding out, and what she had done, uh, she, her baby, she had no milk for the child, and so She said, why should we both die? And she cooked the baby. And uh, this had even been prophesied in the Old Testament if you don't obey God. So Jesus said, don't come in town. Don't believe those false prophets. Stay out. But they didn't. They came and millions died. And he he foretold. He's talking about that. Verse 14. He's talking about when the Romans are going to come. They shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And that happened. The Jews were led away. They went captive to all nations as slaves. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, the nations. The Jews won't be running it. Until, but there's an until, and he skips a couple thousand years, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. In other words, the Gentiles are going to give that city up and it's going to come back to the hands of the Jews. Did you know in 1967 they got Jerusalem back for the first time since Jesus foretold that? Jesus, God said in, in Isaiah chapter 42, 43, How do you know I'm God? I can tell the future. Yeah. How do we know He's God? The things that are happening in the Middle East right now, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit, What's happening with Russia and Iran and Turkey? It's all in Ezekiel chapter 38. And last night when I was asleep, I woke up just for a minute. What do you do when you first wake up? If you wake up in the middle of the night, you wake up in the morning, what do you do? You look at the clock. What time is it? And that's the question that's in your heart right now. What time is it? What time am I living in here? What's God doing? He's doing something all the time. If you lived in the time of Noah, you should have known what he was up to. Get you a hammer and nails and help him build that ark. If you live in the time when Jesus was on the earth, you should make a, a basket of fish and bread and go to the meeting. But you live now. And what is God doing now? Hallelujah. He wants you to know. He does not want you ignorant. And so we're going to talk about... I can't talk too much more right now because I'm running out of time. We're all running out of time. We're closer to the return of the Lord than we were when you walked in the door. Every second that ticked off. Of- oh, hallelujah, because I know what's ahead. I know I studied so much, and I, 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 I know the people who've been to heaven and what they've seen and the glorious things. And even the things here, the great move of God, the miracles that are going to happen right before your very eyes, and you're going to be a part of. Amen. The greatest move of God the earth ever saw. Hallelujah. He said, they're coming back. Gentile rule will be over. They're coming back. And there will be signs. Now they ask him, what is the sign? What's the big sign? And that is in verse 29. And he spoke to them a parable. Behold, which means watch the fig tree. You want to know what's going to happen? You put your little eyes on Israel. You're going to see how close you're getting with what he does there. And all the trees, those are the trees of Old Testament prophecies. The United States is not in there. We weren't in the Old Testament. But Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Russia was in there. Iran was in there. Turkey was in there. Syria was in there. And it tells us what's going to be happening in the last days. And we look at it and we know where we are. He said, watch the fig tree and all the trees, those other nations. When they now shoot forth, that means come in their prophetic place, their prophetic place that the prophets said they would be, when they now shoot forth, you see and know. He doesn't want you with an ostrich head in the ground. He wants you to see and know. There's a people in this earth. Nothing can happen in America if those people would take their seats of authority. That's the church of the living God. And He doesn't want you blind. He doesn't want you uh, with your mind out on other things. He wants you to see and know, hallelujah, of your own selves, that summer is nigh at hand. Summer is the time of judgment of the harvest. Judgment. The nations are being judged right now. They're being judged for how they treat Israel. If they only knew it. Every time they take a vote in the UN against Israel, they're dooming their nation. They're going to shoot forth. Israel's going to go into its prophetic place. The other nations, verse 31, Likewise ye, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Not the kingdom you're in, the kingdom he's going to set up. That's the kingdom those Jewish boys ask about. When are you going to set up that earthly kingdom? And he's going to do it in that last thousand years. Then you're going to know when you see these things, the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. It means the present generation that sees Israel come home after the great scattering The the generation that watches what the prophet said fulfilled will not pass off the earth until he's ready to set up that earthly kingdom. That's my generation. I was alive in 1945 when Hitler had them in the ovens. And they were scattered from the whole earth and they had no home. But they came up out of those ovens just like he said he would in Ezekiel 36, 37. They came up, and in 1948, three years later, they got a nation. Three years. And they got a little ragtag army called the Haggadah. And all the Arab states declare war on them, and they win. And they get more land than they had in the beginning. And in 1967, here come the Arab states again. And they got back Jerusalem just like Jesus said they would. And He said the generation that sees that is not going to pass off the earth until that generation sees the kingdom set up. So people from my generation are going to watch the great move of God. We're going to watch Ezekiel 38 war. We're going to be caught up into the air. And we're going to see all these things come to pass or else we're going to have to tear Luke 21 out of the Bible. I don't believe that we'll have to tear Luke 21 out of the Bible. And they turn the clock off. I think that means they don't want me to stop. (laughs) But I'm going to stop because it's Mother's Day. And you need to call your mother or have lunch with your mother. And we'll see you back here at 6 o'clock tonight. And we'll tell you when Jesus is coming.
0: Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.